Howdy do who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And this is episode 228. Yes. One day I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. And I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect. But actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective view, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. <laughs> I could retire and do that. I'm a doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years. And not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes. And it's about time that I did something about that. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Howdy, howdy do who fans. Hope you've all had a cracking week. And you've all managed to do something, something Doctor who, who related. related. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. Welcome aboard, new listeners. Welcome aboard... Long-time listeners, it's all great to have you back again for another week. We've got a, a slightly light news show. Again, not much happening there. We've got some tasty uh, merch to get through. Yeah, Dalek Tat's back in the TARDIS with yes. a few tasty bits. Yeah, he's been. He's had enough of his uh, sun seeing margaritas and whatever. <laughs> yeah, he's back. And then uh, <laughs> on to our review of the animated story, the recently released The Macro Terror. Macro Terror, yeah. The crab terror. <laughs> the, is it a cra- yeah? It is a crab. The crab lobster. Yeah. Macra. We need. We need. Uh, uh, yeah. Is that the uh, production design? Yeah. We need a cool monster idea for the macro terror. Where are you? You're on holiday. Okay. <laughs> you're at the aquarium. Okay. All right. What can you see around you right now? Crabs. Cool. Right. We got it. We got it, lads. We got it. We've got, we got it. it. Yeah. <laughs> the macro terror, indeed. Terror. Did you watch all this last night? I did. Yes. Yeah. See, I I must admit, because so did I, because um, for reasons that are too long and boring to go into, I've had to force Gary to record the podcast a day early because uh, a load of stuff's cropped up for me. So I kind of felt bad because I texted you last night, didn't I, and said. Oh, can we record tomorrow? And I was thinking, oh no, because you're gonna have to. That means you're gonna have to watch it all in one go. And I and we've said this before. Sometimes the story benefits from 
splitting it in two sort of thing. So be interesting to see how you found it. I mean, when I went to the BFI to see it, obviously we watched it all in one go. So you've kind of experienced that. But yeah, just interesting to see how that's affected your your thoughts on it. And I just realised as well, in the rush, I hadn't scored it. I, I, literally, <laughs> as, the, as the theme music was playing in just then, I was like, oh, I didn't score. So I've written my score down as well. So... Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what you think of this one, mate, because you didn't manage to make it to the BFI screening with me. So we, so I don't know. I have no clue of your macro thoughts on this one. Yeah, I I wasn't at the uh, the BFI for this one. So um, no. Uh, last night was the first time that I'd seen it. Actually, I hadn't watched it. Um, but I've made a bit of a booby, you know. Why? Because when I um, because it was still in the Amazon wrapper yesterday. Yeah. So I thought, well, you know. You need to get this watch this week because we're recording. So, uh, open it up, and it was the um, it was the standard Blu-ray version. Yeah. So yeah. I kicked off and went, "This is outrageous!" You know, where's my still book? Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, so I thought, all right, they've made a mistake. Yeah, let me just jump on. Uh, I, I ordered the wrong one, didn't I? So. Oh, did you? Did you? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So, because oh. I, I the still books are like, they look gorgeous, don't they? They look, they look really nice. So I thought, yeah, yeah cool, another still book to. To smack on the shelf and then, uh, no, just before I uh, looked up how to contact Amazon to complain, I looked at my previous orders and there it was, the standard oh, Blu-ray no. edition. So, so what are you, you going to keep it and are you going to bother to get the steelbook as well? Or uh, I'm not sure. This is kind of cool, you know, I quite like the cover. It is nice. It's got yeah. a nice little booklet in it. And also, actually, you may it may actually be turn out to be a good thing because the steelbook price seems to be yo-yoing on Amazon mm. at the minute. Yeah. Um, I must admit, because I've, I've got it, I don't know, it's still in my wish list. I, I, I don't know about you, sometimes when I buy something, I sort of keep checking back to see if the price has changed to see if I should, you know, I don't know. But anyway, it's it does keep dropping. So you might actually get it cheaper uh, <laughs> in the end. So yeah, keep an eye on that one. Put it in your, your wish list. <laughs> Put it in the wish list, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I'm dying to know is, did you watch, because it gives you the option to watch black or white or color so which did you go for i went for the color version i'm actually really pleased to hear that (laughs) okay (laughs) because i think a lot of purists um (laughs) a lot of purists are like no you've got to watch black and white it's supposed to be black and white which i totally get but actually i i I know because you'll probably go back and watch black and white as well Mm, but i actually um, think it it looks I think they've done a great job with the color version so although I get that you know we should have watched it in black and white I actually actually prefer the color <laughs> so I'm really glad you have watched it now but did it throw you oh, I probably should say so we get to review but did it throw you when you when it started in black and white that opening shot of the TARDIS were you thinking oh if I put the wrong version on it, it did for a split second yeah I thought yeah hold on <laughs> I'm sure I put the color version in yeah uh, but no it did and what was really cool we should probably save this for review but um yeah. yeah, the opening titles in colour look really nice. Yeah. Really nice. I just, yeah. I just wondered, because when we were in the BFI, they asked us for a show of hands. So they said, right, hands up if you want to watch the black and white. Mm-hmm. And sort of half the audience. And then hands up for colour, pretty much 50-50. They went, well, it doesn't really matter because you're watching the colour anyway. We were like, oh. Uh, <laughs> Very good. And then, yeah. of course, it starts in black and white. I'm thinking, they put the wrong one on. They put the wrong one on. What's going on? And then it goes into <laughs> colour. So, yeah. But. Anyway, enough. We'll save. We'll save the rest for the review. But I was just curious to know. Yes. No. I did. Um. I had a split second thought. Shall I put it in black and white? But now I'll, I'll rewatch it in black and white at some point. Yes. Well, what I did because I saw it in color at the BFI. I, I actually watched the back and black and white version sure. last night. Cool. So I've now seen both. But that's why I can say I actually prefer 
the colour. Mm. <laughs> Although the traditionalist in me is telling me off, you know, smacking my wrist. You are. <laughs> I do. I do. I, I think. I, I think I felt the same with power. Actually, I remember liking it because there was a lot of thing about we don't want a colour version. It's, it shouldn't be in colour and all this. Oh, and I remember yeah. thinking, actually, do you know what? You should. You should watch it because it actually looks really good in colour. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I yeah. I can't say anymore. We'll wait to review. But so, okay, I'll, yes. I'll zip it. Yeah. I'll zip uh, it up. I liked your uh, recent video you put out on the Geeks handbag. Oh, thanks. What yeah. was it? It was the <laughs> um, LFCC oh. Spring Roundup. Yes, the Auto Roundup thingy, thingamajig. Yeah, yeah. Brought back some cool memories. That was a, a nice little quiet uh, convention. That one. Yes, it yeah. was. Yeah, really, really did enjoy that. I'm hoping for similar things in July, actually. Yeah. No, it was nice to go back and look at the... I was thinking I'd got more as well, because I was, I was sort of thinking, right, I've done my autographs, you know, when I was filming the video, and I was like, in my head, I thought I'd bought a lot more, and I was thinking, oh, I was actually quite quite good at that one. I only got some, you know, just a couple of nice little nuggets from that one. So, yes, it's pleasing. Oh, I also picked up a couple of nice things at the weekend. Did you see I got the Record Store Day vinyls? Oh, very nice, yeah. Yes, the yeah. Doctor So um, Destiny of the Daleks and Galaxy 4. Mm, um, yes. Both really, really nice. A little bit pricey, though. A little bit pricey. They were 30, 34 99 each. Oh, okay. So, because I was expecting them to be around about 30. I thought it would be 29 at the most. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, I got in there and... Um, there was a little sort of section with all the soundtracks, and I could see the because that you know I could see the logo and stuff because it's in this bright silver paint sort of thing, and I was like, oh my god, they've got this! So I kind of pushed my way through, <laughs> and um, they had a couple of copies of each, so it was all cool. But um, but yeah, I, I, first thing was I was like, yes, they've got them, and oh my gosh, that's like that's like seventy quid for both of them. I was like, oh. but obviously I wasn't gonna. I'd gone all the way there to get them, so obviously I wasn't gonna not get them. But they they are lovely. I mean, they're sort of a colored vinyl as well when you open them up they're really really nice yeah i saw your so, pictures on on instagram look really good yeah very i was nice. i was very pleased i tried to peel the stick i tried to peel the price off as well some <laughs> over half didn't see it because i i said uh, when i come out i was like right get a quick picture of me in front of the record shop with these i said oh i'll just quickly take the price <laughs> off and it's like i've seen the price already i was oh, like oh, oh no <laughs> it's like i can't believe you spent all that money i was like oh no busted yeah. busted but uh, i don't don't I have no regrets. They're gorgeous. <laughs> no, that's it, mate. As long as you have you haven't got buyer's remorse as soon as you've walked out, then it's uh, it's all good. It is all good. Yeah. yeah. No, no, they're absolutely lovely. I'm, I'm well chuffed. The only the only downside is that I now really really want that um, uh, Master Daleks Master Plan one, the one that's on um, oh, Amazon. Yeah. Yes. You know the one I, so I watched a video of John Coleshaw unboxing it. Um, on the Dot Two YouTube channel, funny enough, and it, it just looks stunning. It does, I was thinking because yeah. it's similar artwork, you see, and you know my my sort of collector side thinks, <laughs> oh, I'm missing one, and uh, that actually dropped. That actually dropped about nearly sixteen quid recently, and I can't tell you how tempted because it's about hundred quid. It's ninety nine quid, and it dropped down to eighty eighty four something, I think, and I was like, oh. I had to really restrain myself. <laughs> to get. But then I was thinking after I bought these two vinyls, for the same price, I could have kind of nearly got that box. Do you know what I mean? I bought mm. got those two, but I could have nearly got the box. But I'll, yeah, it's on. It's in my wish list. <laughs> it's in the wish list. <laughs> it's there. I keep, I'm, I'm hinting. My birthday's not, birthday's months away, but I was like, when when my birthday rolls round, could I get this? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll hopefully get that one day. It looks like, that looks really nice. Yeah. They are gorgeous, mate. Yeah. yeah. i tell you one just, thing that's still lingering on my wish list. What's um, that? That I kind of wish I'd have picked up at the time, but it was quite expensive if I remember. That was, do you remember when Big Finish released The Chimes of Midnight as a remastered oh, vinyl? 
Yes, with yeah. a really nice cover. Yeah, the artwork yeah. is beautiful, isn't it? I, mm. I kind of, I think, I think I had the opportunity to buy it at the time, but I thought no, because they were they're hundred quid, aren't they, or say, eighty I'm quid sure or was, something? Yeah, ninety nine pounds, I think it was. Mm. And I, at the time, I thought, oh, I really like it, but I don't know uh, to drop a hundred quid on a. I don't know. I just couldn't justify it at the time, but now, you know, looking back, I maybe should have got it because it's a beautiful beautiful release it, it is beautiful but i must admit i do still think it's so far because you're only getting two vinyls for that i mean at least the master plan one is is a big box set of i don't know it's got quite a few in there isn't it whereas i do i do think that's a bit steep because i was like you I, as soon as they announced it i was like oh that's a definite that's a definite order and i saw the price i thought oh yeah no it's that's a bit i mean 35 is a lot for two vinyls but at least they're colored and splattered and they look you know, something special. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But I know what you mean. I, I wanted those big finish reissues as well. They did spare parts, I think, as well, didn't they? They did, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. looked lovely as well. Indeed. One day, one day, mate, when we make our millions. One day. <laughs> yeah. One day. When we're in the retirement home with our collection all around us. Yeah, just literally piled up all around. And... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nurse can't get to us, is slipping over vinyls. Yeah. Oh, here's your dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Got your meals on wheels here, come on. They're Knocking treading. a TARDIS over, watch that, yeah. Dalek. <laughs> and they're oh, treading on the plushies that are making the sound oh. effects and everything. And... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh dear. One I can day, see mate. that. I can see it. <laughs> well, as usual, mate, you've been up to a lot more than I have. I haven't done. Uh, I've done nout in respects to Doctor Who. I've had a very quiet, other than uh, geeking over the Macro Terror last night. I've, I've done nout, really. Actually, I've got one other question. This doesn't really affect the review. Um, on the Macro Terror Blu ray and, and DVD, it's got a little um, 10 minute animation of the wheel in space. Did you get time to watch that? No, I didn't. Because I've been meaning to do this for weeks. Uh, I kept it, and then I thought, well, I'll wait till we do the review and I'll watch it then. And so I finally got around to watching that last night. Mate, it's brilliant. Oh, it? It's uh, yep. so cool. Because oh. I'd, I'd forgotten it's got, there's this, when I was a kid, there was this Dot Two book. I think it's called Dot Two Monsters or something by Terence Dix. And it, um, there was this black and white photo of this sort of big fat robot. <laughs> <laughs> and I've always loved it. I've always wanted to know. I mean, it probably told me in there. I was thinking, you know, love that robot, make a brilliant figure. Eager Moss, if you're listening. Um, and yeah, it, I'd forgotten it was from Wheel in Space. So the animation starts with this sort of big robot shuffling down. And I was like, it's him. It's, the, it's, <laughs> it's that robot. Oh, brilliant. And it is so good. The animation's okay. really good. And it's like, it's really smooth as well. Like it just, you know, there's none, there's no, it doesn't feel like they're sort of trying to fill the gaps where there's audio and nothing happening. It really flows. And I was sort of thinking, why did they only make 10 minutes? What What is this? Like, mm. why did they do this? Because it's so good. Do you think they're going to finish it? I, I can't remember what the story was behind why they just did 10 minutes. Was it a test? I, I don't know. It sounds like it. Like, normally I, I need we... to find out. Someone listening will know. I don't know why they did it. I'm glad they did it because it's brilliant. But why did they only animate it up to a certain point sort of thing? Yeah, I think um, when you see those very short, tests around sort of anywhere between five and 15 minutes it's normally a look this is what the animation could look like look, look how cool it is you know give yeah. us more money to make the full it could be that thing. yeah yeah it, i mean i hope they go back and finish it one day because um 
I was so engrossed in it. I was just thinking, oh, this is, it's like, it literally finishes just, you know, just as you're sort of gripped. Mm -hmm. It's brilliant, honestly. So yeah, I recommend that if you get a little 10 minutes today, just, just bung that on, you'll love it. <laughs> yeah. The TARDIS is what it just, I don't know who's done the animation, but the, the TARDIS, it, 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 everything about it just looks brilliant. I was so impressed. <laughs> I will check it out, mate. It's a very nice little yeah. extra. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice extra. Uh, now, uh, moving on to news and match. We haven't got any news. Like I said, it's a bit of a tumbleweed week again. Yeah, just nothing no really worthy to speak about. So let's crack on. Let's get our metal buddy and see what he's got. Yeah. Match corner. Match corner. Match corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Uh, first up, this is a uh, kind of a, a strange release, this one. It is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, didn't expect to see this. It's uh, uh, the uh, on Amazon.com uh, as a Region 1 slash kind of US release. Uh, they're going to release um, the Doctor Who, the Animation Collection, which is a collection, as the name suggests, of um, five different stories that have been animated over the years uh, as one... Uh, thing over two discs on dvd no blu-ray this is just dvd for now and it consists of um the the two david tennant animations that were released years ago god ages ago weren't they yeah yeah that it was uh, dreamland and the infinity quest uh, it's also got um scream of the shalka it's got sharda and the power of the daleks on there mm. and uh, there's another badge on the on the front that says it's uh, over seven hours of 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 content, which sounds cool. Um, so, I guess this is for people that have completely missed some of the earlier ones, uh, but also want the newer ones as well. So it's all kind of bundled mm. together. Um, but I, it's a bit of a strange one because it's only DVD. Yeah, and it's only two DVDs. That's an awful lot of stuff to cram on. Because if it's Blu-ray, you've got uh, you've got so much more um, space on the disc, haven't you? Because mm. the nature of Blu-ray, you can actually fit, you know, I, I don't know how many times more information onto it. But DVD, you're actually quite restricted on the amount of um, data you can put on the disc without really reducing the quality of the picture, without sort of getting boring about the quality. I'm just wondering how on earth they're fitting all that onto two DVDs because... Well, I just think the quality will probably suffer, and I just can't see how they can do it because there's so, there's some, you know, like Power Six episodes. Sharda's really long, isn't it? Um, mm. I don't know, uh, and I do think it's quite a nice idea. Uh, like you said, for those you know want to get them or haven't got them, and it's quite a nice little idea to put all these animations together. But uh, yeah, I think it should be Blu-ray, and I think the cover is absolutely atrocious <laughs> i really think the cover is awful i, I thought it was a, <laughs> i thought it was a mock-up honestly i saw this posted yesterday and i thought it was a joke i think the cover's terrible but but i think the the idea for the release <laughs> is a good one <laughs> i just think they need to change the cover and um, put it onto blu-ray i mean you know dvd's yeah, just yeah. a bit of a well, it's a, it's a second-rate format, isn't it? You can't fit the information on. No, well, you can, but you reduce the quality. You need to DVD. You kind of got much more. <laughs> yeah, what's a better format? <laughs> I, I would imagine that. I mean, it's a bit of a shame, really, because um, 
because there's so much content to squeeze onto those two discs, they would have had to have compressed the video files quite a lot. But they will, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I don't want to be a tech bore, but yeah. No, I read you. Yeah, it's um, the compression will be quite high, and as a result of that, uh, which is a shame. Like things like Sharda and the Power of the Daleks, which look really nice on Blu-ray, mm. the animation's very good. Um, they're not going to look as that good, really. Uh, the the previous ones, Dreamland and the Infinity Quest kind of get away with that because they were made years ago anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and Schalke to an extent, but uh, Power and Sharda, you want them to look as best as possible, really, because they were out fairly recently, weren't they? And they do look mm. good on Blu-ray. So it's a bit of a shame. I mean, I'm, I wonder if they will... It, yeah, it, it just seems weird that they don't release things straight to Blu-ray in 2019. It, that it, they're still it, going straight to DVD. It just seems a bit weird, but... It does yeah. seem, it, I was going to say, I mean, this, I think this is a BBC thing as well. They have always been so behind the times. Um, what was it was people were moaning about recently? Um, oh, is it, well, actually, it was Alan Partridge, but it, it, people were saying, like, because that's getting a, a DVD release and, you know, love or hate Alan Partridge, he's got <laughs> a good fan base. And people were saying, like, it's 2019 BBC. You're shooting things in HD and then releasing them on a on a format that's lower quality than I've recorded on my television. Get with the program. You know what I mean? It they the BBC just do seem to always be behind. I mean, you know, come on, Adventure in Time and Space. We still haven't <laughs> That's crazy, isn't it? I know yeah. it got that I know they eventually put it in that box set on Blu-ray, but it, to not give it a standalone release, it just they just don't seem to be on the ball with these things. You know, I mean, we're already on 4K, aren't we? We're we're probably <laughs> There'll probably be a new format out, and then the BBC will suddenly start releasing things on Blu-ray when we're on the next generation of format. Do you know what I mean? They, they always seem to be behind, but but yeah, it's it's a nice idea, but I'm just not struck with the overall product. <laughs> yeah, true. Personally, true. but it's Region One anyway, so it doesn't affect me. But I feel sorry for anyone that might want to get this. Who I, th- I just yeah, just it feels like a really budget release to me. Yeah. Well, it is. It's like eighteen dollars, which is what. Oh, is it? No, oh, fifteen well. pounds or something like that for. So price-wise, price to per. Price to enjoyment factor, it's pretty good, but just the format's yeah. a bit, bit of an odd choice. Yeah, bit of an odd choice. All right, well, moving on to a another DVD, but a good one, <laughs> and that's uh, well, I say that because these, these, I mean, you know, they've done a few of these, and I have got them, and they're very good. So the next release in the Doctor's DVD from Koch Media, I think it is, isn't it? Um, they've done a couple of the Doctors now. And the next one's going to be the eighth Doctor. So basically, these are you get two v- DVDs, and they're interviews with stars from that particular Doctor's era. Um, in this case, we've got interviews with Paul McGann himself, which is very cool. Uh, Daphne <laughs> Ashbrook. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll get Daphne Ashbrook. Uh, Yi Ji So, uh, who played Chang Lee. Uh, Eric Roberts, whee! Uh, <laughs> Philip Seagal, the producer, and Jeffrey Sachs, the director. I've got to say, I, I really am quite excited to get this because, um, you know, being a bit of a fan of the TV movie uh, with McGann, um, I'm quite intrigued to, to hear some of the interviews from these guys. I don't think I'm going to learn anything new because I've I've seen interviews with them before where they've talked about stuff. So, mm-hmm. but I think it'll be interesting. I'll be I hope the uh, Eric Roberts interview is good because I don't I haven't heard him talk much about the the movie before. So yeah, I, I'm I'm going to pick this up, mate. What about you? Because you like the movie, I do in, uh, very much so. And I've always as these real time uh, DVDs have been released across. I don't know the last three or four years. I think um, mm. I've always said, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with this one and then go back or this one, and I've left it and left it. But I think this one could be the one uh, to to dive in. I think and then pick the previous ones up, um, just because it there's there's very little in the way of um, 
behind the scenes and and, mm. and all that stuff from McGann's movie. There's plenty on the other ones, loads and loads of interviews and all sorts, you know, across DVDs and the other real time ones for the other doctors and all that stuff. So yeah. there's not a lot out there in the wild for from McGann. So yeah, I think yes, this is a, a defo, a defo pickup. How much are these now? This is sixteen from Amazon, sixteen quid. Yeah, I get it from. Yeah. Um, I always get them from. Uh, well, I tend to get them from Galaxy Four because they're normally nine ninety nine post free. I don't know why Amazon are always a couple of pound more on these releases. I've no idea why. Um, and H and V normally get them for like ten ninety nine if you can get get to an actual shop. Right. Um, yeah. I've got, they are they are good if you can get one for around a tenner. They're good value because they're two discs. Um, the interviews do vary, so sometimes they're really good, sometimes they're quite old, so the quality is not you know always the best. But they're they're normally good value, I think. And um, I've got all of them so far, apart from I need to get the last one. I haven't got Collins. I haven't got the Colin Baker years yet, which come out I think a couple of weeks ago. So need to get that, but they're pretty good. These, right? I think um, they're good value for money. Uh, the Tom Baker one's brilliant. They they put some really good stuff on the on the fourth Doctor one. I recommend that. Yes. But uh, but yeah, definitely get this McGann one. Looks good. It's out uh, in September at the moment. It's it's down for September the second. So nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, moving on to uh, Titan figures. You like? Your, oh, I love my Titans. You love your Titan figures, don't I you? I do. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, the one of the well, the artist who works on all of the uh, Doctor Who Titan figures uh, goes by name of Matt Jones. Um, uh, he has uh, released a series of, well, Titan has released a series of his um, figures uh, known as the Artist Proofs. Mm. And what these are is um, they are like the very first. So when um, an artist puts a design forward, they then do like an early production run to see what they look like in physical form. And they're, no, they're known as proofs um, for obvious reasons. And uh, Titan are going to sell these proofs, uh, which mm. you can get with a little certificate of authenticity and so on. And uh, you need to nip over to um, a different website. Uh, it's called Lunartic. Uh, Luna, as in the moon, and then tick, T-I-K, lunatic.com. And uh, you'll be able to pick up a, a whole plethora of, of quirky, cool-looking Titan figures that you wouldn't mm. have seen on the shelf thus yet. Um, they are a little bit pricey each. They're going to set you back yeah. 20 squids um, for each one. Uh, however, if you are into your Titans, like I know you are, mate, and a lot of other uh, listeners that we chat to, um, these could be... Interesting little individual pickups if you've uh, if you've missed any along the way, or if you just want something a little bit more kudos to put on the shelf. Like so, when mm. your mates are over and you have got your bragging rights on, like oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, <laughs> this uh, tenth Doctor in a spacesuit with the glowing eyes—that's <laughs> a proof figure, don't you know? Yeah, and then you when what, you, well, you haven't got one of these. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean you haven't got one? Where have you been? Yeah, that you either get the look of I don't care or oh my god, that's going in my pocket on the way out. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> throw the certificate in the bed. Just say yeah. <laughs> uh, so what do you reckon, mate? These look. I mean, some of them. Uh, the, uh, the, blah, 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 blah. Uh, most of them um, are twenty squids, but some of them um, are quite rare, and they and you'll pay double that. You'll pay forty quid for them. Yeah, so, uh, they, are, yeah. they are nice. I'd, I might go, I mean, 20, I think, yeah. Because it's amazing how much some, some Titans go for on, on eBay, actually. So they they do seem to be really collectible. 
Um, the thing is, I think Titans have improved quite a lot um, over the years in terms of their likeness. I think you said this, actually, that they, the early ones, they're sort of more cartoony, caricature, whereas the recent ones, they seem to go, be going more for realistic likeness, don't they? And I, I slightly prefer that. Um, and a lot of these are the earlier figures. So, like, for example, Mickey, I'm looking at, don't really... It's a nice little figure, but don't really look much like him. And the Rose, I always thought, looked a bit thing. But there are other nice ones. I mean, I do like that um, Cyberman. But, uh, what's he called? The sort of skeleton Cyberman, whatever he is. I think he's oh, from yeah. Dark Water. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, a, a nice little thing. Uh, I mean, I, I do like I like this idea. It's nice they come with a certificate. Uh, but as I've got drawers of these things, literally, um, I'm going to hold off and be good and not buy any at the minute. Maybe in the future. <laughs> Maybe. They, they, yeah. they are tempting. They are tempting. Yeah. Oh, gosh, they've got River Song. No, move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got I got a million of that blimmin' figure. Uh, yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, a couple of them do look quite cool. If I was into Titans, I'd probably pick up a couple of them. But uh, one of them is £60, and that is Which the 8-inch uh, little beast figure from the Beast Below. Uh, that'll set you back 60 quid. Oh wow! Uh, and I think that's the mo- I think that's the priciest one. The first Doctor, the Regen black and white one, will set you back fifty quid. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bunch of them are forty quid. They, I mean, the the more expensive ones are like fifty quid and that sort of thing. They're they're like the the chase variants and the chase rare, variant, you know, yeah. rare ones. So um, yeah, expect to have a bit more than that. But if you want to pick them up, lunartic.com. We'll put a link in the show notes as well. Uh, but kind of cool if you're into your Titans. Yeah, nice little things. Right, and finally, and this is hot off the press, actually. So yesterday, um, a leaked image of the the next Blu-ray set um, of the classic series was sort of floating around on Twitter and Facebook, and it was kind of the set we were all expecting, but uh, it was nice to see the artwork, but we didn't know if it was genuine, so we weren't going to report on it. But today, it's appeared on Amazon, so we can we can report on it, because we don't like to, you know, just in case it's not real, and we don't want to put rumours out there, but it's on Amazon.co.uk now, so it must be a real thing. <laughs> uh, season 10, uh, starring the wonderful John Pertwee. Um, it doesn't have a date yet. We believe it's June, July, don't we? We yes. think it's June, July. Yeah. Uh, it's going to come out. So season 10, uh, following on with the limited edition packaging. What do you reckon to the green colour scheme for this one? Because the previous ones have been those nice sort of purpley, bluey. This is a different shift, isn't it? My I, my colour blindness can't tell, is it? <laughs> it's green, right? Yeah, so it's uh, the, the no, image. I can see, yeah. Oh, you can. Don't wind me up. Well, no, 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 I'm being serious. I can't, see, <laughs> I can't tell it's a different shade. Oh, right. Okay. But I, I can see the green because it's Pertwee and I'm loving the green jacket and all that. But do you, I assume you mean the actual box? Uh, no, the well, the the box itself is still that kind of very pale grey Oh, that's that uh, kind right, of feel, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just got obviously more of a green push to it, like the little uh, highlights, the little coloured highlights behind John Pertwee is um has got like a green glow to them and that sort of thing. But uh, it looks really nice, and obviously the booklet that comes inside, uh, you know, you've got the little fold out Velcroy bit. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, really that's... nice. It's got like a jungle feel to it from one of the stories, obviously, mm. um, which I assume is uh, what's that? The Green Death, probably. There's, I think carnival. it's the Dalek. It's the Dalek one. Planet of the Daleks. I can't right. see the actual yeah. picture. Hang on, let me have a look. Oh, not sure. Yeah, it's it's one of the two. It's the Green Death or it's um Planet of the Daleks. But um, yeah, yeah so I can't it, see the picture clear enough. But yeah, it looks nice. Yeah, so it's all got a very nice green feel to it, and obviously um, uh, the the three is it three or six six discs that it falls across? Yes, 
this one, two, three, four, five, six, I think. Yep. Um, some really nice designs on it. We've got Omega on there and um, the Three Doctors one, looks, as you would expect, but just with a nice greeny background and and all that. So, yeah, it looks really nice. Mr. Lee Binding has done a another super job with these. Are just um, They're coming thick and fast now because when we spoke about these, I think it was a few episodes back, we said, oh, yeah, the, the prob- next one will probably be July, mm. maybe August, and then we'll probably have one at the end of the year. So this one, well, we're hearing rumblings of june anyway sort of early to mid-june so i would probably say that we'll get at least another one this year yes i would think so yeah i reckon we'll get that the the, i think mccoy's rumored and it is only a rumor but i think um season 27 would be lovely um yeah i I think this looks gorgeous Uh, absolutely gorgeous um packaging as you'd expect i'm glad this carrying on with the limited edition because we did hear um, rumblings that they they were going to stop those, didn't we? Do you remember they said, yeah, the next couple are going to be limited and they're going to standard releases, and everyone was like, what? Oh yeah, so, yeah. So I'm I'm glad that so far that seems to be uh, false. I mean, I, I can't see why they would do that because they know that's just going to annoy people. You can't have, you know, we want all our box sets all, you know, in unison. We don't want them all mixed up. So yeah, but packaging looks fantastic. I I can't wait for this. I hope we get another BFI screening. Be great to see Pertwee on the big screen, won't it? Oh, it would. Yeah, yeah. I'm no, I'm sure they'll do one. I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so you can pre-order this now. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes, or if you just nip over to Amazon, uh, you need to do a search for Doctor Who: The Collection Season Ten packaging. That's how they've worded it at the moment. So that'll obviously change a little bit once they confirm all the details. But um, they have put a few things on there. So they've put the the episodes. Uh, you're going to get plus some of the special features, optional updated effects and 5.1 surround sound for Planet of the Daleks, which sounds good. Uh, Doctor Who and the Third Man, which is a new feature-length documentary about the Pertwee era itself. Uh, Keeping up with the Joneses, uh, Katie Manning and Stuart Bevan Bevan, uh, return to Wales. And the Green Death uh, 1973 omnibus repeat available for the first time and much more, it says. So we've got a few details that have trickled through. There's no price yet. It's probably going to be around the £40-ish mark when it finally gets close to release. Um, yeah. Uh, so at the moment, you can get it on Amazon. Um, I'd imagine over the next couple of weeks, when all this gets confirmed and the BBC officially do a thing, you'll be able to find it over at zoom.co.uk. They normally do a good price on it. and you're They're normally, normally very good. Yeah, yeah, and delivery, you should get it on the day or even a day earlier from Zoom. Um or Amazon, whatever. But uh, yeah, you can order it at the minute. You, you can go over to Amazon and say, email me when it comes out. So they at least have got an upcoming thing. So you can't actually hit the actual order button, but you can hit the email me button and you'll get an email from Amazon when it jumps on. But it should go up very soon, I would imagine. Yeah, and take this with an absolute pinch of salt, but it does, I've just noticed very small writing there, it does give a provisional date of the 8th of July. Oh, they've just changed it. Yeah, this They've is, just yeah. changed it, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, take that with a pinch of salt. No doubt that will change and whatever, but yes. I've just refreshed as we've been talking and they've already mm. updated it. So um, this is good from Amazon. So they've gone straight in with 39 because normally, oh, right. normally they'll say, oh, it's 55 quid and then you, you expect the price to tumble down closer to release. But they've gone in with the actual price, it would seem, uh, for but, once. <laughs> They're actually updating this as we're on air because I've just refreshed and that's all changed for me as well. So it's now in a big, it's now written in big letters, the July the 8th, whereas just now it was just a tiny little bit. And so, yeah, okay, well, that's cool. Yeah, I know what you mean about the price. They normally put some 
ridiculous price, fifty nine ninety nine, and then it goes down. Yeah. But they've yeah. gone straight in with thirty nine ninety nine, which is fantastic, actually. Yes. So ignore what I've just said about the email me button all that lot. There is now a nice big pre order button on there, so you can get that pre order thirty nine ninety nine, and then the wording is now correct. Doctor Who: The Collection Season Ten. So yeah, good times, mate, for the old. Uh, and uh, one thing I will say, and we have this on Twitter every single time one of these box mm-hmm. sets gets released. If you like the look of it, order it because yes. it will be because Pertwee is a very popular doctor, obviously. Um, and I've seen, well, about a week after these get released, Adam, Adam and I always see a load of tweets saying, "Oh, I should have got this. This looks really gorgeous. Why didn't I pick this up?" All the rest. If you like it and you have the beans in your pocket, put a pre-order in so you don't miss it. Yeah, I definitely don't want to miss out on this one. I'm just wondering if when they, if they do do a BFI screening, I wonder which story they'll choose. I would love it to be the Three Doctors. The Three Doctors, that'd be amazing. That would, I would yeah. just absolutely oh, to see that on the big screen would be amazing. So it would. Yeah. yeah, exciting times, good stuff, isn't it? Indeedy, mate. Yes. Really pleased. That's all official, and yeah, it's all there now, so we can get actually get excited about it, which is cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, right, yo, that's done for merch. Uh, Review time, buddy. What are we going to do this week? Yeah, so uh, recently released, recently animated. It's the second Doctor story, The Macra Terror. Doctor, this colony was founded many centuries ago by our ancestors who came from the Earth planet, like your young friend. Our ancestors believed in the virtues of healthy happiness, and we have tried to keep their ideals alive. Sometimes, alas, it is necessary to use force. Keep your eyes skinned. Why? What's the matter? Well, they're a weird sort of folk. Keep watch on your friends. And if you see anything suspicious, report to me immediately. Yes, pilot. Creatures. Best in this camp at night. Have you seen them clearly? control! Who is control? It's safe. There is nothing here! You must obey orders. The leaders of the colony know what is best. You will question nothing in the colony. Then has come under the control of the evil forces at the heart of this colony. Can't hide the truth. Have fun while you can before they crawl over you. Happy sleep time, everybody. Coming to you via Hollywood, the makers of the Marvel action movies, the Macrit. What a great trailer. Now, you may be wondering what cool fan worked up that cool fan trailer. Yeah. But to surprise you, that's the official trailer from the BBC. Brilliant. Well, wow. they did, did good. BBC did good. It's they an awesome trailer. Yeah. Yeah, very They're cool. They're crawling all over you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rightio, the Macra Terror. Uh, this was first released back in 1967, mm. March through to April. It's a four-parter. It was written by Ian Stewart Black, directed by John Davis, and um, was overseen by Jerry Davis. And uh, recently released, um, as of uh, the end of March, in the newly animated form, all four parts, over DVD, Blu-ray, etc., and uh, the story for this one is they, uh, the second Doctor uh, with Jamie um, and Ben and Polly uh, arrive on the colony um, 
arrive at a colony um, and they at first glance seem quite impressed because it's a very happy place. Everybody's dancing and mm-hmm. singing and larking about. It's all very nice. Um, but uh, soon things go awry when uh, they find out that the, in the, the people at the colony have actually been brainwashed by these giant crab-like creatures known as the macra. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so they need this uh, particular gas that the in, that the people mine to keep the the macro alive, and it's down to the doctor and and those guys to uh, to stop that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I've only seen this once. Last night I watched all four parts together. I know you saw it at the BFI, mm-hmm. and you've seen this in black and white again. Blah blah blah. So you've got you know uh, a good. A good overview of this story. What do you reckon? It's still in my head. <laughs> Hours later, after watching it, it's still. So there. was the little buzz when the controller comes on the screen. That little jingle as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Macroterra. Well, uh, I I, re- I like this a lot. Um, I don't think it's the best story in the world in terms of script and all that, but I, I think there's some great stuff in this. Um, and I think if anything, cause I mean, it's always a shame when you sort of can't see the real thing. And I guess animation's the best sort of alternative to that. Um, but I actually think this story really suits the animation. I think if anything, it probably slightly benefits from it because watching the few surviving clips from this story, you know, and Annika said this at the BFI, like the crab, you know, <laughs> it looks great in the animation. So in a way, I guess, you know, there's there's some improvements been made to it. Um, so I enjoy this a lot. Um, and I never really knew this story. So I've never read the book. I've never listened to the audio. I've never watched the, what is it they call the retcon, the, the, the screenshot thingy. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's all new to me. So the first time I watched it, it was like watching a new story really. And, um, something about Pat as well. Something about the second doctor just lends itself very well to the animation, I think, because he's so quirky and fun, uh, as the doctor. So I think he actually works really well on animation. So yeah, overall, I really enjoyed this. And, um, as I said, I actually really like the color version. I, I've watched both now and it, it looks good in black and white and stuff, but, yeah, it's a it's a nice little story. It it does slightly uh, drag in places, um, but I mean that's just a, a thing of the time. So I, I I did wonder while watching this though because we know that they cut the rough and tumble scene, which there was a big outcry about one there. They mm. they cut that. They couldn't animate it because it's too expensive or they didn't have enough time. And I was sort of thinking, oh, that's a shame. I mean, I, mean, I didn't really know that scene, so I couldn't really get as upset about it as people that did know about it. Um, but it did make me wonder how much they should keep it as close to sort of transmission because watching this again yesterday and and I still really enjoyed it. There are bits where sort of nothing's happening or scenes are just sort of 10 to 20 seconds too long because there's, you know, there's just a silence or some clunking. And I was kind of thinking if they tightened this up, if they got rid of sort of five seconds of, silence here where they've had to sort of animate because they can't tell what's going on so they'll just do a shot of you know um jamie looking around you know and it seems to go on for a long time i was sort of thinking it's a hard choice because you want it to be kept as close to the original center as possible but i couldn't help but think 
if they took some liberties with it and just tightened up little bits like that, so for, instead of having him rattle the key for what feels like forever, <laughs> oh, okay. you know, you could just have him do that and get in. It would be an absolutely cracking story. Uh, and it, and I do think it is, but I just, yeah, I couldn't help but think in my head, you know, what where do they take liberties and where don't they mm. when it comes to these things? Because they decided to cut that ruffle tumble scene, but then they keep in lots of other bits you sort of think, I don't know, just some scenes just seem to go on so long because they're keeping it structured to the audio and I sort of think I don't know sometimes they might it could have cut a bit of that silence or where absolutely nothing's happening and it, it really if you, if you did that the story would flow so well I think but then again as a purist dot who fan you kind of want it as close to the original release as possible don't you so I don't know it just struck me it just struck me as I was going through I was like I don't know where you draw the line with with that really but yeah. Anyway, overall, I, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good, good story. I thought the animation was a good step up from Power. It certainly flows a lot better in movement, and um, and I, I think it works very well. I think it's quite watchable. So, yeah, it gets a thumbs up from me. Over to you. Yeah, it's going to get a, a thumbs up from me as Yay. well. Yeah, I think uh, it's a it's a cool little story actually. It's it got is, a really yeah. nice. Uh, uh, suspenseful feel to it. There's a a, a, a big sense of growing um, uh, threat, th- yeah, threat from the macro mm. themselves, but also the brainwashing element uh, plays a nice role in the story. Where you have a, a few key people that resist that, so the Doctor and Jamie are one of them, and Polly. But then you also have the pilot. He also sort of comes to his senses towards the end, and uh, but then you have the other people who are sort of not as strong minded or strong willed like the um uh ben obviously he's yeah about halfway through he falls uh foul to it and also who's the chief of police um i can't remember the names of these people as no usual. no even even watching last night i was thinking the same yeah yeah so whoever the chief of police was i think it was uh crikey i think it's either Questa or sooner do you are you talking about the big the big guy the yeah. guy who's yeah. uh, ola oh ola that of course yeah yeah um yeah i I'm going to be absolutely shocking with names all the way through this. Um, but yeah, <laughs> you've he, only watched it once, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he uh, he's very adamant that the macro no such thing, and he's yeah. going to take everybody out and stuff. So you have that element as well, which is sort of compounds the issue of them trying to solve the macro problem, and then you have the gas problem as well. The macro need it, but it's poisonous to the humans. So and all that stuff, and it all kind of builds up into this nice kind of. Uh, uh, climax as well, if you like, which is yeah. a good thing for classic Who, because occasionally there's a little bit of a quick ending that wraps up a bit too quick, and then they're on their way. Mm. And so, yeah, it's it's a good little story. I don't think it's like you said. I don't think it's well. I, I it's definitely not the best Troughton story uh, from his era, but it's certainly not. Um, you know, it, it's a really good watch actually, and the animation side of it, it does it does give you a different perspective on things because. Uh, as you alluded to earlier, I think having some of the older effects from Classic Who, it, on one hand, it does provide a really nice charm to the old classic stuff. I would imagine that the big claws and stuff would have been relatively easy to put together for the designers and stuff, but having like full-size macro wandering around would have been, you know, very ropey visually. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so having that stuff, to flesh out the visuals in the story and just the overall quality of the animation is pretty good. And 
yeah, so it does provide a, a, a different perspective on watching Doctor Who, um, especially and the when, classic stuff. Yeah. When I'm watching it as well, and I'm sure you're the same, I keep wondering in my head how that would have looked. Yes. Like, like yeah. you said, like there's the bit where the three or four crabs are all cl- closing in on uh, on Polly and stuff, and I'm thinking, how did they do that back then? Mm-hmm. You know, because it looks great in the animation, and um, I know they've slightly changed, very very sort of slightly tweaked the sort of design of the macro and i know a friend of mine wasn't particularly happy about that that they didn't sort of keep it closer to you know there's a few photos floating around of the actual prop and and stuff and it's got these big bug eyes and things but to i don't know i think they look quite good i think they've they've slightly tweaked it but i think without changing it too much so i think they look quite good actually um and i i do i do think for the most part it flows quite nicely i think episode three perhaps and this is so often the case, I think, is the one that struggles. Yeah. Because there's an awful lot of Jamie um, sort of wandering around this room with all the gas, and the macro seems to be sort of slowly <laughs> chasing him, for want of a better word, sort of following him really, really slowly. And it, that, that for me, went on too long. Um, I was thinking, gosh, you know. And again, it seemed like the animators were struggling to, to sort of do that because there was lots of shots of Jamie just sort of looking... It was yeah, as if they yeah. got the audio, but didn't really know what was going on. Um, so episode three, I think, is the one that suffers the worst, but it's still watchable. But um, on the flip side of that, episode four, I think, is brilliant. It really, everything mm-hmm. just kicks in. It really flows. It's The pacing seems to go up a notch. Everything's getting resolved. There's action. Um, the animation's very fluid. And, it, yeah, it just wraps everything up, like you said, really, really nicely. We get some lovely scenes and... You know, like the bit with Jamie creeping into the room and they mistake him for a dancer. And, you know, I think episode four is is, is brilliant. See, I liked the first episode and I thought the, the last episode really, really good. It does take a bit of a dip in the middle, I think, but um, mm-hmm. a lot of stories do. But but it was it still was enough to keep me keep me sort of watching. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that's normally the bit where it's, it's almost. Um, it's very similar to um, to books. And authors, there's this saying that the the start writing the start of a book is really exciting and great, and writing the ending is great. But then there's this thing called the middle marathon, mm. which can sometimes uh, plague a lot of the stories from classic Who. In in today's viewing habits, anyway, uh, mm. like we've said many times, back in the day when you were left wanting and you were watching this with a you know seven days in between each one, it's not so bad because your mind depending on how in uh, depending on how absorbed you were by the story your mind kind of leaves out some of the bits anyway so you mm. you only remember like the key points from the last episode unless they do like a little recap but um so that's not too bad but when you're binge watching as we do these days that's when that middle marathon bit sometimes uh saps your energy a little bit and you tend to reach for instagram or twitter a little bit while you're watching and stuff like that but um, I wasn't really tempted to do that with this one just because, uh, I mean, there was a couple of scenes. I think you just mentioned the bit where Jamie's in the tunnels at, in episode three. Yeah. And they're going through the whole directing the gas, you know, in the right way and so on. And yeah, you can tell that in the original recording, there would have been stuff happening with Jamie. But the audio is just him like a little gasp here and there. Yeah, like, it's like a little clunk and then what yeah, was that? Yeah, footsteps and stuff like that. So the animators mm. do have to take some kind of kind of uh, creative license a little bit and just say, right, 
we envisage that he would be doing this in the tunnel. You mm. know, he's trying to be stealthy in a way, the macros down there and that kind of thing. But yeah, it, it does kind of drag a little bit, I suppose, and for that to that degree. But uh, overall, though, um, before we talk about cast members, did you like the story? Because the story part of it is uh, fairly simplistic in a way, isn't it? There's, like I said, there's the two main elements. You have the creature you know the the typical creature feature doctor who where it's a big giant monster in this case it's a crab uh, yeah. the macro they're doing their thing and they're trying to control the humans because the humans are providing the gas for them to survive so they're brainwashing them and then you've got the second bit which is the humans themselves the brainwashed humans that are trying to close down the the outspoken the like the guy um who the brainwashing doesn't seem to is it me doc Medoc, yeah. yeah. He's the, at the start, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, so the brainwashing's not having any effect on him. He's really strong-minded. So they're trying to close him down and stop him from spreading, in their opinion, the propaganda and stuff. They're trying to keep everyone in line. Did you think the story worked? Because it's just a, it's like a two-pronged effect, really. No, I, I did, actually, because I thought they used some good, simple ideas, but, you know, to great effect. So, because one of the things when it started, when we... it's it's a bit of a sort of crowded TARDIS, I think, having uh, Jamie and Ben, because they're quite feisty characters. I wouldn't say they're the same character, because they're not. They're very different. But they've both got that, I'll get in there and sort it kind of attitude. All so, right, mate. Yeah, all right, Yeah, all right, mate. All right. I'm going to give him one on the nose yeah. and all that. And Jamie's <laughs> like, hey, I'm going to give him one on the nose. So I was thinking, okay, I'm not. how's that going to work? Because you've got two very similar mm. sort of personalities, if you like. But the story takes that. And because they make Ben hypnotized and Jamie not, you get a really good dynamic there. And I thought, oh, that's good because yeah. I must admit, I kind of thought they were going to get a bit lost in the story at the start. I thought they're just going to end up getting split up and running from the crab and macro. And, you know, and I, so when they did that thing of making Ben hypnotized and Jamie trying to sort of say to him, come on, what do you do? You know, I thought, oh, that's good. That works really well. And I expected it to... I expected the hypnotism to wear off really quickly. So I thought he'd be hypnotized and then the doctor would shake him out of it. But they actually carry it all the way through the story. And that, again, works really, really well because it, it gives Ben something to do and it gives mm -hmm. some nice scenes between Ben and the doctor. Like, you know, when the doctor kind of visits him in the in the lab or whatever and he's just saying, um, how are you doing, Ben? And <laughs> he's like, still hypnotized then? And he's like, yeah, but <laughs> the doctor sees he's slightly starting to see you know to overcome it but not enough he suddenly snaps back into it and so i i did think that worked really well in the story it's a very simple idea but it was used to good effect and it and it does then split up those two rather than having ben and jamie both punching macra here there <laughs> you know what i mean it does does take yeah. them in different directions mm -hmm. and it makes it quite interesting um so yeah I, I did think the story was good and i love all the stuff about having this sort of you've got the colony which could be quite boring but actually there is a purpose behind it yeah so the macro are using them and i think that's quite interesting to do with all the gas so i like the fact they've got this thing hidden in the basement that you know the macro does not exist which gives a great <laughs> um caption doesn't it a great uh what's the word um like london 1965 the thing that people love to say what's the what's the word oh, a, a good hashtag so, Hashtag, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's really cool. So I love all that stuff to do with the macro. And I like the fact they've got this big face on the big screen as well because it adds <laughs> a sense of mystery. Yeah. And there is a scene, and I bet you were laughing because I was, that scene where they drag that poor old man on. You know when they demand to see the real, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> control? real controller? Yeah, yeah. We, what, <laughs> we demand to see him. They're like, yeah, bring him on, bring him on. 
And, I'm, and then there's this, because I didn't understand what's happening the first time I watched this. It's like, well, who's he meant to be? And then I watching it again, I was like, I think it, what they've done is they've just dragged one of the workers on, I assume, or something, to just like, and said, go on, you'll pretend to be him or something. I, I don't know. But I, I thought that was quite funny. Because then you see the poor old guy get dragged off with the claw, don't you? He hasn't <laughs> done the good enough job. So it all goes to pot. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's meant to be funny, but I, I don't think, think I, it is. No, <laughs> no. All right then. Um, just yeah, just my terrible sense of humor. But I, I did think that scene was quite funny. Just like go on, you're the control. Go on, say something, and they're like going mad at him and stuff. Well, that's but, one yeah. of the uh, popular photos that have survived from the original recordings. Is the that old guy, the controller? Yes, because you see the full size prop of the macro claw the that claw. they made and stuff, and yeah, uh, and he actually looks a lot like um, what's the actor's name? Uh, uh, Mackenzie Crook. He looks a lot oh, like him, yeah. but just an old version. Uh, he um, does. So if they ever re, if they ever refilm this, like they're doing with the, um, uh, what's the one that they're redoing? Anyway, yeah. If they ever refilm it, he'll be a good casting for that. It does look like him. Yeah, yeah. So I, I found that hilarious. Where it just this petrified old. They just guy. push him in front of the camera. Go on, pretend, yeah. say something. And to be honest with you, I think I know that we've praised the animation and and all that stuff. I think that's mm. the little tiny bits like that I think is uh, are the only moments where I wished that we could have seen the actual footage and I'll tell you why because when when they, they say as you said they insist that they see the actual controller and not just a face on the screen and then when they show this this old guy who's obviously not the controller he's just some brainwashed old dude who could be anybody yeah, it would have been really great to see Troughton's facial expression at that point because he would have known instantly that that's not who they say it is. Yeah, and he's already seen through the ruse anyway. But it would have been great because Troughton's got that amazing ability, hasn't he, to show that kind of frowny. Oh, um, he had an amazing face. Yeah, Troughton. Yeah, that kind of sort of wrinkly nose, almost frowny. You know, I'm not impressed. Face sort of thing. So it would have well, been amazing to see his reaction which you can't really do, and they didn't do at all in animation. You just saw the back yeah. of their heads looking at the screen. But um, but that's just a, it's a minor quibble, really. It would just be nice to have seen his um, his reaction to that. But uh, um, no, I, in story-wise, I was quite impressed with the story because uh, sometimes, and especially with a crowded TARDIS crew, sometimes mm. you can be a little bit too... Uh, you, you can try and do too much almost. And sometimes it's good to just keep things fairly simple. You've you've got essentially two lots of tasks going on. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, and like you said, it's re- it works really well having Ben uh, kind of switch allegiance to the other side, as it were, mm-hmm. and him to go off and be brainwashed and do all that stuff. Because yeah, uh, Jamie and Ben, you could in you can imagine those two just always being in the pub having a pint. <laughs> yeah. having very similar conversations and being very similar so to have them act very differently throughout well for the last half of the story anyway that works really well and then you just have Polly who's just screams a little bit and yeah she's not she's probably the the one that comes <laughs> off the worst I think Polly uh, which is a shame it, that, again it's quite does often happen I think in the in in this sort of era mm. it's a bit of a shame because yeah she is a bit lost but is I do agree about Ben though because it's nice because it puts him in the right place to save them at the end doesn't he when he yeah, starts yeah. switching all does so it does all come round really nicely it does all come around full circle um I do think the animations to step up as well uh, I really because they said they From were given Charter. 
Oh, watching well, no, Sharda was got. I always I keep forgetting about Sharda. No, I was thinking more power. Oh, power, um, of course. Yes, yeah, it, no, it but is, you're yeah. you're right. Yeah, Sharda came after, didn't it? Sharda was good. Mm-hmm. Sharda was good, but I think this. They said they had twice as long to do it as power. Yes, and I think yeah. it really shows because if you, I I like a lot of the stuff in power, but you some of the movement, like the Doctor seems to sort of shuffle <clears throat> across the screen when he walks, whereas. They are more fluid in their motions in this. You can tell they've had more time to do it. Um, it really does show. I, I still think the moon base might be my favorite animation. I really like that. It's a different company, I think, that did it. But but I think this is this is definitely a step up. I think they've. It's nice that they were given more time. I think it really shows. Yeah, it's definitely more fluid. You can tell that. Is it? Yeah, they've perfected that the motion a little bit more. Uh, it does still. F- feel a little although the motion between the scenes uh between characters and how they move around the scene um it is more fluid i still feel that it's it's still a little bit static still. yes it is yeah even when you it. yeah even when you have characters who are running down a corridor or the bit where um ben's whacking the macro with a stick you know and it's got polly and when they're outside mm-hmm. that still feels a bit slow and labored yeah, you know, so m- maybe that was an influence in them deleting that scene from episode one. Because, I'm sure it was. Yeah, yeah, because the the animators or the producer did say that um, that it just would have been too difficult to animate effectively. Mm-hmm. I think is what he's saying. That they're saying that they could have done it, but it probably would have looked really ropey and just not just not really because if you think about animation in any other form outside of this especially nowadays it's really it, it, it's fast paced and there's motion blur and there's there's a, there's a visual effects and everything over it with this because it's so it, it is quite labored in its movement to have that i don't know the rough and tumble machine that does sound quite manic just for a few seconds yeah you know, it's funny a, because yeah. i mean i don't know what the I, I all i know about the scene that they didn't animate was that i think they basically get a makeover in this machine so you can, I don't know how, I haven't heard the audio, so I don't know what's going on. I can only imagine that they sort of step in and then rough and tumble. I don't know. I can just imagine, again, it comes back to what you said about Troughton. can imagine he's sort of pulling some faces. Oh, he's getting sort of cleaned up. I don't, I don't know. I can imagine it. I, I wish it was there, but I can totally see why they didn't do it. And I wonder if I'd have, um, I wonder if I would have noticed if I hadn't been told, like, because it was in Dot Two magazine that said, you know, this scene is, has been cut because, and I'm thinking because it does fade to black, and there's two, there's two bits in episode one where it just fades to black, yeah, which is not unusual for this period because that they used to do that. But I don't, I might be wrong, but I didn't notice it in any other part of the story. I'm thinking, I wonder if I would have picked up on it if I didn't know, because I think I would have done because I'd have been like, oh, why does it fade to black so so quickly? I don't know, but I wish it was there, but. I'd rather have the story as it is than not have it at all, if you know what I mean. Or I'd rather, like they probably said, I'd rather have it like this than have a a really bad bit in the middle where you think, oh, well, that just yeah, that yeah. just looks terrible. Especially as it's at the start of the story, yeah. it can sort of get you off onto bad footing. So I I do get why they cut it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it comes down to does it add if they're on a budget anyway, which they certainly are. Even though they mm-hmm. had more time to do it, they were. Absolutely, still on a, a tight budget. It sounds. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think it comes down to that. Does that scene, however fun and quirky it might be, does it add anything to the story? Does it move the story plot 
along sufficiently to include it. And if not, then, you know, it had to go. But it, it's just, this happens all the time, though. So uh, any Lord of the Ring fans will know that in episode one, The Fellowship of the Ring, they cut out a massive chunk of the book. So in the Lord of the Rings book, there's a bit where Frodo and the hobbits are going across and they come across this character called Tom Tom Bombadil in the forest. Mm. And they spend days and days with him. And there's a whole massive chunk, but uh, they cut all that out from the film. And it, all the yeah. fans were, you know, <laughs> well, not all the fans, but a, a portion of fans were going nuts over that. But Peter Jackson's argument was, well, it doesn't add anything to the story. It doesn't yeah. move the plot along in any way, shape or form. It's just a nice little character piece that does have it does influence the story so it's a similar thing you know if it doesn't you know you you don't look back at the story and think oh this all links back to the rough and tumble machine yeah <laughs> you know it, yeah. it's never mentioned again and it's never referenced it's just a quirky fun little little scene but um one thing i will say though is that the uh the animators on it got a bit of stick over it you know, a lot of fans went to twitter and went to town yeah. on them a little bit it's Doctor uh... who fans going to twitter <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah no uh yeah no i know there was there was a bit of a hoo-ha about it i think it's because i uh, see i don't really i wish i knew more about the scene i think it had something to do with the doctor's costume changing which i don't think it really does in the story i think they keep his costume the same but i have a feeling and i could be wrong because like i said i don't know I have a feeling it was something to do with the doctor, doctor basically gets a makeover, so he gets a change of costume. And I think that's why people, because, they, they, you know, people wanted to see that. It's a bit like the doctor going into the TARDIS wardrobe. You know, it's like that scene that everyone loves. Oh, the yeah. doctor's getting a new costume. So I, I kind of get why um, people would want to see it. But as I said, I don't know enough about the scene to really sort of um, yeah. comment yeah. on it, really. One thing I wanted to ask you, though, what did you think of the actual likeness? Because, you know, um, tr- this Troughton animation, I would say, looks different facially to Power, and he also looks different to the animation from Moonbase because it's different people animating Moonbase and stuff. So, but but what did you think of the likeness to to Troughton and and Ben and Polly and Jamie? What, did you think there was a good likeness there, especially Troughton because he's got such a iconic face, <laughs> for want of a better word. He is hard. He must be hard to animate, Troughton. Uh, yes, I think that Troughton certainly um, looked very good. I think they got his likeness pretty much down. Yeah. Um, and the other person I thought was Jamie. I thought Jamie looked Jamie, pretty good. Jamie, not bad, yeah. Um, not sure about Ben and Polly. I think t- for me, Ben, the way that they did his facial features, he looked very similar to some of the other characters in animated mm. form, especially, this is going to sound very weird, but the big face they put on the screen... Yeah, yeah, I can see that. You so, know, yeah. if you yeah. take the hair away, it, you know, so facial, because they obviously had a visual style that they mm. kind of adapted slightly for each of the colonists and so on. And I think Ben, it's okay, but his his facial expression blends in a lot with those other colonists. Yeah. Uh, and Polly, she's pretty good. Yeah. The likeness is pretty there for, well, well in some I was going to say, Polly's Paul is the one I think I can't, uh, Polly's the one I would say they didn't get right um for one well they got it right but I, I think she she looks the less like polly because and i don't know if it's just the hair because she's got sh- her hair tied back or short in this uh-huh. and i just don't think of polly like that um annika said at the screening and i did feel sorry for the animators she was quite uh not rude in any way but she was very honest about the fact that she felt her character wasn't 
a particularly good likeness to her. Right. Um, but I do have to agree with her. I, th- I mean, it's it's perfectly fine for what it is, and it works, and it looks good, and all that. But but I can, yeah, I do have to agree that I I don't see Polly particularly in that animation. You know, I can see Charlton, I can see Jamie, I can just about see Ben, but Polly, I just don't think they quite got got facially right in it um it's not a, a bit like you said earlier it's a very minor quibble because it's no big deal at all hmm. but um but yeah i just don't look at it and think yeah there's a bit of poly in there it just doesn't look like poly to me but yeah but the rest i do i think trout looks good um i think they've got a good good enough likeness to trout you know and I, and I love the way he's just wandering through this story right from the start just putting everything right in the just you know right <laughs> from the start the doctor's in the thick of it, just going from room to room, letting people out of prison and <laughs> chatting, sussing everything out. And, you know, I, just, I mean, that's just the second doctor for you. He's just awesome like that. <laughs> he is, yeah. And, I, yeah, going back to Polly, I think I wasn't too fussed with Polly. I, I, mm, I didn't think yeah. she looked a million miles off. Uh, sorry, I didn't think the character in animated form looked a million miles off. But, yeah, I can see what you mean. It's not. So I think I her think and I'm, Ben are the, are the weaker ones. Yeah, I, I think Annika said something about the eye colour being wrong, but of course that wouldn't that wouldn't be it with me because I wouldn't be able to tell anyway because of my colour blindness. Uh, but I think Annika said, you know, my eyes are whatever colour, green and they're blue. And I think, I think she was a bit put out that they hadn't got her eye colour right or something. I'm not sure. Anyway, but it, it look, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But I think they could slightly improve that on the next release if they do another another poly one. <laughs> yes, indeed. But no, I thought that the Doctor and Jamie looked pretty good though. When you watch that um, Wheel in Space, um, again, they look slightly different. And I assume it's the same animation team, but Jamie looks a little different okay. in the in the um, Wheel in Space one. And I think, in a way, I slightly prefer it. Um, I'd be really interested to hear your thoughts on that when you've watched it. Uh, oh, the little Wheel in Space little mini. Yeah, because okay. again, even and Troughton looks a bit different as well. I'm assuming it's the same team, but... Yeah, they look slightly different in that, as does the TARDIS. It's a different different right. shade of blue right. and stuff. And yeah, interesting to see what you think of that. Yes. And Polly's not in it, so we can't compare her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, true. Um, okay, so what did you think? So no other story bits. So it's a fairly simple story that we said, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, the animation, we've gone through that. Let's breeze for a few characters then. So uh, there's quite a sizable supporting cast. There is, yeah. More than others. Uh, what did you think to um, Medoc then, Terence Lodge? Yeah, it, it's very hard to say, isn't it, to judge a character's by just the audio. Yeah. I mean, I know we've, I know we've got the animation, but um, yes, I, I, I thought it was good, uh, good, a good character. What actually happens to him? Because he kind of gets um, interrogated, doesn't he? After he's escaped and all that, there's a scene of him getting interrogated, and I can't remember what happens to him after that. Does he get thrown to the macro or something? He dies. Does he die? Medoc, yeah. Yeah, I think he gets thrown to the macro, didn't he? He does, yeah. Sorry, he gets killed down in the... You know, um, when he goes down into the the old-fashioned... You know Jamie goes into the, the unrestricted mine yes. or shaft, wherever it is. Medoc goes in there and he gets killed, doesn't he? By, that's it. Yeah, he gets killed by one of the macro. Because uh, Jamie thought, finds him. Yeah, I thought he did. I mean, I only watched this last night, for good to say. I just yeah, <laughs> showed it my memory. But I was just trying to think in my head, yeah, what actually ended up with that character, yeah. Yeah, but no, I thought he was a strong... I, I like the fact he has these cool little outbursts and mm. he's very strong-willed. He's not succumbed to the the brainwash and all the rest of it. And uh, yeah. even though he, he's wasting his breath, it feels like he must feel, he still 
you know, yelling and screaming and yeah. So that was his voice in the trailer, wasn't it? At the end is yeah, yeah it, it, they're all over me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I thought he was a good, a good character, and it's it is kind of difficult because we've only got fifty percent of their performance, haven't we? So I know you can only really judge it by the voice, can't you? Because yeah. the animation we've talked about, but you can only really judge their performance by the voice. Yes. Um, but let's just say he wasn't. It, it sounded it sounded like he was giving a good performance. He wasn't going over the top. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly, he wasn't doing a a theatrical <laughs> David Collins performance from what we can tell yes mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, what about Ola then the chief of police see I thought he again I thought he was good it is hard to judge I mean he, he, his acting may have been terrible but from the audio he sounded good uh, again I think with a part like that you're sort of playing almost the pantomime villain a little bit aren't you you're playing the big baddie and uh, some people take that and I think go way over the top with it yeah, but um, but yeah. he sounded to me like he was pretty keeping it pretty level. Um, you know what I mean? It sounded like he was enough of a sort of uh, a, a bullshy sort of character, but without being too sort of I'm the big bad guy. So I, yeah, he sounded to me like he was doing a pretty good job. Who who was the actual actor? Um, uh, Gerton Clauber. Oh, I thought it'd be a name I knew. I don't know why the animation just kind of looked <laughs> looked like I might know the actor, but I'm clicking on him now and I I don't actually. Although he did, he did yeah. quite a lot actually, didn't he? I don't know that name, Gurton yeah. Clauber. He's had, he's had a, he's one of those actors that he's no longer with us sadly. But over the years, he um he had a lot of small parts in some big films. Yeah, he's been in loads. Yeah, yeah, and they got his likeness pretty. Pretty well done, actually, I would say. Looking at some yeah. production photos of the actual actor from the episode, the episodes, um, they actually got him, they got him pretty well. Yeah I, yeah, I liked all his suit and stuff. Mm. All this, you know, um, yeah, no, he's, he's done, he's got quite a good career behind him. I mean, I don't know who he was in these films, but yeah, he was in a lot of the carry-ons and a lot of the James Bonds. Mm -hmm. Blackadder the third, I'll have to look out for him in that. Episode six, right, I'll remember that next time I'm watching it. Because, yeah, I don't know his name at all, and it's quite an unusual name. You'd think it'd stick in your your brain, wouldn't it, that name? So I, I shall look out for him next time I'm watching Blackadder. <laughs> but I liked his character. I thought he was a good a good sort of, um, um, not baddie really, is he? But, you know, he's keeping control of stuff, and, yeah. yeah. I thought he was good. Like that scene when Jamie dances out the room, which I really like, and then he's on the other side of the door. He's quite an imposing figure, yes, I guess is, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, I think he worked well as, as that. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I'm really sorry. I can't remember the, some of the other characters and their their names because I know we had a couple of people who were just assistants who either Ola or the, uh, the pilots, uh, you know, ex escort them to their rooms, whatever, and they've only got one line or so. But... Um, yeah. So I, I think we should just jump straight to, um, what about the voice of the macro then? The macro operator. Yeah, it's hard to voice a, a macro crab, isn't it? Because <laughs> what do you go with? Do you go with, I, I, I think it works quite well. Because, um, I mean, if you compare it to the voice of the spiders in Planet of the Spiders, they went with a very high, and I'm not <laughs> yeah. sure it kind of took away a bit of the threat, I always think. So I, I, I think um, whoever was doing the voice of the macro kind of suited it. I mean, it's it must. I don't know what kind of voice you do for a, a deadly giant crab, but I think it works quite well actually. It does sound a little 
maybe posh, <laughs> if yeah. you know what I mean. It's very much of that era, isn't it? Oh, don't let them in. It's a little, you know, it sounds a bit like a grumpy um, old man, really. But um, yeah, I, I quite liked it. <laughs> he was the but, voice of the Dalek operators in the Cushing movies. Is he? Yeah, Who man. is it then? What's the name? Uh, it's Robert Jewell. Robert Jewell. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I thought he, yeah, the voice was uh, was good for the macro. Yeah. Maybe it should have been modulated a little bit more. It did sound quite human. That's the only thing I would say. Oh, perhaps they should have made it sound a little bit more alien-like. Yes, um, you read my mind there. It's um, yeah. It, it's it's basically a. He's an Australian actor, but I think he's putting on quite a British accent. Sounded for British, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sounded yeah. Yeah, it's essentially a British guy sitting in a chair with a little tumbler of whiskey, <laughs> um, you know, next to a fire. That's what it sounds like. So it would have been nice to have applied some yeah. kind of effect <laughs> to the voice to, I don't know, to gravel it up a little bit or make him a bit more. I know you can't, it's very, well, it's extremely difficult to make a voice crab-like. I'm not saying, because mm. what does a crab talk? <laughs> it's it's <laughs> impossible. But, you know, to give it some kind of alien feel to it, I suppose. But yeah, yeah, it, it did, did get um, uh, a lot more intense in episode four. As he oh, was, definitely starts screaming his head off. Yeah, as he was trying to... um, it, it was a bit of a Wizard of Oz moment, I found. You know, in the the Wizard of Oz, when they go back, you know, he sends them off to get there to do the tasks, and if they come back, he'll get a heart, he'll get a brain. Yeah. There's a bit where they're really miffed at him, and he's behind the curtain, and he's like, pay no attention to the person behind <laughs> the curtain, and all that. It's a little bit like that. There's no such thing in the in the corridor, you know. Yeah. The macro are not real, so it's got a bit of a... um. An old school, you know, uh, I don't know. Wizard of that of era. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It's kind of cool, but uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, anyway, um, what about um, The Pilot by Peter Jeffrey? I liked The Pilot. Yeah. I liked The Pilot. Cause, yeah, no, I liked The Pilot because I felt like he he kind of, um, he was in the mid, torn, wasn't he? He was right in the middle of like the Doctor and, and Ola of like, oh, I kind of believe the Doctor, but Ola's like standing over me, looking, giving me the evils, and I, I don't know. And so I, I quite like the pilot. I'm glad he sided with the Doctor in the end. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise it could have all turned very nasty. But no, I thought it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And uh, again, looking at the actual actor's uh, picture from, from the story. Oh, yeah, let's have a look at him. Uh, they did kind of get him as well. They definitely got the, oh, the face yeah. and the hair and stuff. That was pretty decent likeness as well um which is good uh and i thought yeah his performance was good i really liked his character you could tell that he was you, you kind of, it was that moment where you were almost shouting at the screen like you can do it break free of the brainwashing yeah yeah you know, tell can... olga to do olga to do one or whatever his name is yeah. ola sorry tell yeah. ola to go and do one <laughs> <laughs> so stand it, up to him <laughs> it did have that element of uh like you can do it you can break free yeah. That's cool. I mean, that's cool writing, though. That's, you know, uh, uh, Ian Stewart Black. I thought the script was pretty decent for, yeah, it was, for yeah. what it was. Yeah. Uh, and then we had, who was the character of Barney? Who's Barney? Barney? Played by Graham Armitage. I don't know. Who I don't remember he? Barney. I, I honestly can't remember. He's probably a very key character and our listeners will be like, <laughs> what's wrong with you two? It was this guy. Um, I don't know. Uh, there was a very small part, a guy called uh, Kester or Quester. Um, who was one of the guys who was basically Medoc's best buddy, and he was trying to coax him back into being happy and 
yes. and brainwash and stuff. That was okay. Um, and then other was than Barney that, the yeah. was Barney the dance guy. I don't I don't think he was. I'm clutching at straws here. But there's a, there's a a chap um, doing all the dance classes who's very pleased when Jamie walks in. And he's like, oh, are you here for the dance class? Good. Let's let's see your dance. It, maybe that was Barney. <laughs> I, um, I have no reason to believe it was. I just, just wanted to mention that character, really. <laughs> I think he was, yeah. He was like the, was the leader of the band or the cheerleader sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, right. There you go. Yeah, because right at the beginning, uh, the pilot, you know, when they're sort of doing a bit of exposition about the colony, it's the pilot that says to Barney, ah, oh, your band's sounding great and all you know he, you know all that stuff so hey i think he's like the leader of the okay well it's a complete guess yeah. but uh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, okay then very quickly um uh, ben and polly uh, i think we've already mentioned that polly she kind of falls foul unfortunately to a little bit of the early who female um, yeah she's written quite weak isn't she it's a shame because yeah. he's just a bit whiny really um yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? Because I like the character of Polly, but yeah, she doesn't. There's not much meat on the bones for her in this one. I don't think she she gets a couple of nice scenes with Pat, um, but yeah, just a little bit written, a little bit whiny, and a little bit weak. I would, yeah, I would agree. She um, she just she's like I can't a think of anything she, she does really. Yeah. She kind of just follows the doctor around. It's a shame because I do like Polly. Yeah, she's just a mechanism for somebody else to come into the scene and and do something. Yeah, you know, she, she, yeah. Anyway, she's okay, but she doesn't really do much. She gets a bit lost in the story as well because I'm really struggling to think of any scenes with her apart from the bit where she's sort of hypnotised very briefly yeah. at the start, and then the doctors. So yeah, I, I, it's a shame. I do, I'm really struggling to think of um, what Polly did really in this story. I mean, yeah. she's there. I can picture her, and I know she's got some nice scenes with the doctor. But yeah, in terms of sort of the story, um, she gets a bit lost. I think. Yeah, she. Um, there's a bit where she runs away from Ben, and then mm. she runs into the macro outside. And actually, yeah, I was going to say, I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah, that is a great scene. Yeah, that is a good scene where she's caught by the macro and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. Other than that, though, she just screams a little mm. bit. And yeah. Mm. Uh, what about Ben then, um, Michael Are Crazy? These- uh, it, it, he's one of the characters actually sorry to interrupt he was he's one of the characters that would have been really good to see as live action yeah um, and it's it, it gets something good to do i think i think it's a nice story for ben because he gets to be hypnotized but but it's, it's sort of um it's not done in the typical oh i have been hypnotized you know he's actually hypnotized to do work and it it's made more interesting i think He's not just walking around like a zombie. They're sort of being hypnotized into doing something. So I think it's a good little story for Ben. And I love the way he snaps in and out of it. He's so close when the doctor goes to see him to sort of snapping out of the trance. But then he snaps back into it, doesn't he? So I, th- I think it's a good story for Ben. Yeah. yeah. And this was coming up to the end of his run as well. The story I next, uh, The yeah. Faceless Ones was his last, um, his last one. But he is showing us a credit on Series 10, Twice Upon a Time. Series 10. Twice Upon uh, a Time. Yeah, who was he in that then? Well, they did have someone playing the character. Oh, the uh, character, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, I got my wires crossed there. I was going to say, I think yeah. he's only in it for seconds. Seconds, like, yeah. Sorry, yeah. the character, not the actor. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is coming up to the end of his run, I suppose. And hmm. He had a fair few episodes, though, throughout Series 4. Yeah. And I like, and I do like the dynamic between Ben and Polly. I mm. think they're quite good, which is why I thought when it lands and you've got Jamie in there, you sort of think, "Oh, how's that going to work?" But um, yeah, it's a good one for Ben, I think. Yeah. 
Uh, and uh, Fraser Hines then, Jamie. Fra- Typi- Fraser. Typical Jamie. Yeah, because <laughs> um, an- another scene I would love to see, because I can, I can picture him doing it, is the bit when the guy says to him, Oh, show us your dance. He's like, oh, you want to dance, do you? Well, uh, this one's called the Highland Fling because we <laughs> fling ourselves. And I can, I can see yeah, Fraser doing yeah. that and making it a really great scene. And it's a great scene in the animation, but that's the scene I'd like to to see for real. Um, and I do, yeah, I think it's a decent story for Jamie. Um, I love the fact that he's not hypnotized, so it gives him something to do. Um, and I think that works really well. So, and he gets some great little scenes like the one I just mentioned. Um, and he gets to be around the macro quite a bit, more, you know, all the sort of running away, even though it does drag a bit. So, but it's a, yeah, it's a good one for Fraser, I think in, in some ways. Yeah. Absolutely, mate. Yes. Yeah. Uh, typical Jamie for me, just very brash and up yeah. for a tear up and all that lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Mr. Troughton then second doctor, um, I, I know I just said I'd like to have seen uh, Ben uh, as a live action. I think the Doctor, for obvious reasons, is the one character that I wish this story survived mm. because Patrick Troughton is just so quirky and his performance is like nothing else, you know, which is the unique quality of each Doctor, but his one is just so cool. And I think they did it to a fairly decent degree, animated-wise. And yeah. his, his voice obviously lends a lot to the... The, the humour, yeah, yeah, wonderful. Um, so yeah, I think it's just such a shame. I mean, we, you know, we could cry tears forever about the lost stories, but it, mm. it really is a shame that we don't get to see Troughton um, in this one. And it just is the way he raises his eyebrows sometimes, and those little frowns and stuff. It's just so, and the timing's perfect as well. Um, yeah, but no, I thought his, his audio performance and the way it was animated was really good, actually. That's one good thing, actually. Yeah, because just listen to his voice, you can sort of in your head picture the sort of faces he'd be pulling and it is a shame we can't actually see them but you do his personality does come across in this and they've animated him fairly well um but i I do i like the way the doctor's written in this he's kind of on the case right from the word go isn't he he's he sort of puts himself in the middle of it and there's nice scenes when they're like and they're two of the prisoners are still missing and he's sort of stood there and he goes <laughs> no i'm here if you want me and you can just see pat doing that yeah, um yeah. you can visualize it without the animation so uh Troughton being brilliant as always and it is a nice story for the doctor i think there's i think he really takes control and gets in and sorts out the you know sorts it all out as you want the doctor to do um so i think it's a good story for the doctor yes yeah and uh, i like what you said there because there were plenty of times throughout this story when I had kind of two images going on in my head. I had Mm. what I was seeing on the screen, the animated version, but in the back of my mind, subconsciously, I had Troughton's image in my head. My sort of brain filled in the gap between the animation and what he actually did. And I don't know, like all the other stories that we've watched of his one, it kind of put a little catalog in my head of his different expressions and kind of made it up. So that's cool. But uh, yeah, he was great as always. Really, really good. Talking of image in your mind, I know the first time I saw the opening credits, which they've coloured beautifully. Really I mean, good. Yeah. They look fantastic, I think. Mm-hmm. But that, I remember the first time I saw Troughton's face coming through in the opening credits. I thought, oh, that's a bit odd. Because he, you know, in the original one, he sort of they sort of used two images. So it's almost like he's got four eyes to begin with. And it does look quite strange in animation. And then uh, watching it again last night, I think actually it really works well because that is how the... That is how his opening credits were 
it's just strange to see his face coming through in animated form in in the in the opening credits because they look the same otherwise don't they apart from the animated face yeah well, um, but yeah this was the first story that they did that wasn't it is it this is the very first story with the new intro where you got to see the actor's face at oh, the I beginning didn't know that. yeah this I is the first that. one yeah what so so in the other ones we don't see his face no it's just the you know the the strange shape yeah the vortex sort of, or whatever and then the and then the, the title comes on and then the text and that's what you get so this was the yeah. very first Ooh. story to show an actor's face at the beginning didn't know that yeah yeah oh that's cool then yeah but i liked that and uh, you agree with me don't you the opening credits look fantastic in color i'll tell you what in color i was vibrant so vibrant yeah, yeah. Those really lovely purples and the red it just looked beautiful yeah yeah really cool all, all the black and white purists out there don't be don't worry <laughs> go about on, it give it a go yeah just give it a go <laughs> don't be like don't be don't be leaving that disc there gathering dust have a look at it it looks great <laughs> it does yeah yeah uh, have you got any other points uh, other than oh. the ear-piercing bloody music? <laughs> Is that um, Dudley Simpson? <laughs> uh, what do you think? Oh, of course, uh, it's yeah. Mr. Simpson. Yes, of course, yes. it's, it's Dudley, isn't it? Uh, um, I thought the rest of the music was actually quite cool. It didn't, it didn't interrupt the dialogue too much and the flow of the thing, but that bloody repeated <laughs> thing, the music just... I know, and it comes in at the end, it actually fades out on that as the end. Yeah. Of the card, doesn't it? Just when you just, just just cement it one last time in your head, yeah. it ends on it. Um, no, I'm just looking at my notes. I think think we've pretty much covered it, actually. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think it's you to go first, mate. So It is. It is me to go first. I'm giving it a 7.5 out 7. of 7.5? Yeah, I, I think... Okay, okay. I think as a story, it's a seven, but I'm I'm giving a point five for the animation because I think they did a good job, uh, and I think it's an enjoyable story. It's not up there as one of my favourites. It's not, I wouldn't say it's a, a an out and out classic, but it's a good fun little watch. So yeah, seven point five for me. Okay, uh, I'm going to give it a seven. A seven. A seven out of ten. Yeah, because yeah. I thought the story and some of that stuff was a six, six point five ish, about middle yeah. of the road. Um, but I'll get it another point because the animation is a, a unique, very cool. And at the end of the day, we've got the story to watch in some shape or form. So yes. uh, that's yeah. never a bad thing. No, and as I said, as someone who didn't sort of particularly know anything about the story, it does feel like getting something new, doesn't it? It's like, oh, we've got a new a new story to watch. So Definitely. Yeah. 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 I hope we get some more. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, what did our listeners think? Um, as expected, we didn't get a ton of reviews because we, ex- you know, we fully understand not everybody's going to pick up this release. We had a few audio reviews in, which is awesome as always. Uh, we're going to kick off with our regular reviewer from Down Under. This is Sammy Satine. Hey. Hey, Gary and Adam, Sammy Satine here. So the Macra Terror. I finally got to find out if there is such a thing as Macra. <laughs> I watched it at the Doctor Who fan club with a bunch of other Who fans. Nothing quite like that experience. The cliffhangers for this story are great. I haven't seen too many Ben, Polly and Jamie stories. They work well together. I like the Doctor doing maths on the board. Something his 12th self will do a lot in the future. I love Patrick Troughton as the Doctor. Bless him. He's great. I give it 8 macro out of 10. See ya. 8. Macro. Hey, that's cool. And Sammy got to see it with fellow Dot Two fans. There is no better way. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much, Sammy. Glad you're doing okay. Next up is Luke Malloy. Hello, Gary and Adam. It's Luke Malloy here, and this week it's the Macro Terror. So 
The animation. I never thought I'd find myself enjoying a Troughton or a Hartnell in colour, but I absolutely loved this animation. I did all the best scenes. I did my favorite. I love Jamie's Highland dance scene, which is just great. Um, and the macro looks so good and so threatening animation, a lot more than if the original tapes had been caught. So that was really interesting to see. And I could find myself watching this version now and watching the story a bit more because it's a bit more of an accessible version than a reconstruction. So I'm really happy with that. As far as the story goes, I've always enjoyed the story. It's just a pretty good, pretty different shouting, um, full of like one of them cl- classic propaganda stories. Um, that's just done pretty well. And I think a lot more people will now watch this one a bit more than they used to because of the animation, which is no bad thing. Uh, I'd give it a 7 out of 10. And finally, this is Matt Steele. It's time to face the Macra. <laughs> Hi again, Adam. It's Matt Steele here again. Hope you guys well had a good week. So the Macra Terror, yeah. Um, so every... Pretty much every classic Who story now are, is going to be new to me. I I haven't seen many, but thank you guys for your heads up on uh, on the starting sort of few stories to get me into it. Um, so coming to review this one, I found that it was really good. Um, the animation was really good. It, it was a little bit clunky, but um, you can really tell that they've put a lot of love and effort into making this the best that they can. And I think... Uh, I like how Ben, um, it was all up to Ben in the end to save the day, and the the second Doctor always sort of reminds me of Matt Smith, um, out of the two stories I've seen so far, but brilliant, I really like it, I'm going to give this 8 out of 10. Cheers guys! Mm. Uh, over on Twitter we had a few there, uh, Caitlin um, said, I like the Macro Terror, the story plot is great, the animation okay, but not as good uh, of animation as The Invasion. Uh, oh. But at least it's not like the cheap animation we saw in the episode "The Ice Warriors" when it was remade. Uh, and she gives this as she gives this story a very accurate eight point six. Eight point six, right? 10, okay. Yes. Uh, our writer on the website, Jordan Shortman, said, "I thought it was pretty good. Uh, wasn't too mad over the animation, but it worked well enough. Uh, I've never yeah. heard the audio before, so it was like a brand new adventure, and it reminded oh, me why I like the Tardis team so much. Uh, the macro were good overall. I thought it was okay." Mm. Uh, Morgan uh, our friend Morgan says uh, a cracking story the Macra are really fun villains and I think everyone uh, having everyone in the whole colony dedicated to being happy uh, and the same gives a story a nice dystopian-esque backbone uh, was lucky to see this at the BFI and the animation was terrific easily the best 7.6 out of 10 another very accurate yeah very score. accurate scores this week yeah. uh, he goes on <laughs> to say as a side note watching this short uh, watching the story today, I think the way the colony behaves so single-mindedly and excludes outsiders is a nod to a certain group of people who have recently emerged. <gasps> Morgan. Morgan. He's quite right. Getting sassy there, Morgan. <laughs> yeah, like a bit of sass. Like it. Uh, TARDISNet66 says, Great and overlooked story about a colony that's been brainwashed and had their freedom taken away in a dictatorship. Great cast and the macro only improved by animation. It feels like 1984, but with giant crabs. Yeah, only, oh yeah, 1984. Yeah, yeah, only Doctor Who can do that. Very correct, TARDISNet. Thank you very much. Mm. Uh, we've got a very controversial tweet to finish up on Twitter. This is from Stevie, StevieJB23271, I think. Uh, they totally forgot to include one scene, so I'm going to pull a classic fan hissy and not mark it. 
he says, <gasps> seriously, why not? Why bother if you're going to take the effort to get it right? It's silly, but it's taken the shine off of it. The recon team did a better job years ago. Just finishes with a bah exclamation mark. Oh, not happy, Stevie. No. Uh, over on Facebook, we had a few there. Callum Shepley says, not able to send audio. So on this one, that's totally fine. Uh, an interesting story with a very unusual soundtrack. The animation is fantastic and looks great in color. Uh, the macro are creepy. It creates an uneasy vibe. Uh, I just wish it was a two-parter. It drags a bit in some places. A six out of ten. Okay. Uh, Charlie Turner, a pretty good story, but I wouldn't call it one of my favorites, let alone amazing. The animation is flawless, though. Uh, the episode two's cliffhanger is really the highlight of the story, an eight out of ten. Eight out of ten, okay. And Martin Arnold said, I love the animation, would love to see more stories, new or recovered, like this. Yes, I, th- I'm, I th- hope we get some more. I, th- I feel we will. I think so, yeah. Because yes. uh, other than um, a select few fans whinging and crying over a deleted scene, I think overall the um, the reception has been pretty positive. So, yeah. Hopefully, sales are also positive. I was going to so. say, hopefully, the sales match. The, yeah, uh, yeah. this is the BBC, remember. So it's nothing about the opinion. This is all about the money in the bank. So if that's been rolling in, then I'm sure we'll get some some more stories. And thank goodness they released it on Blu-ray. On Blu-ray, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, because somebody did tweet me a while ago and said, don't bother ordering it on Blu-ray. You might as well just order it on DVD. I'm thinking, why would I do that? Why? Crazy, yeah. Uh, anyways that's uh, the Macro Terror thank you so much for sending in your thoughts and reviews on that one next week it's back to Torchwood what we got next week dude Torchwood yeah so um, the episode and it definitely is this this time we've checked it's <laughs> they keep killing Susie next week <laughs> <laughs> yeah I made a bit of a booboo didn't I last month um, with this one but it definitely is Yes, we're definitely reviewing that next week <laughs> they keep killing Susie so get your yeah. Torchwood DVDs and Blu-rays out for that because we'll be asking for your thoughts and reviews as always Absolutely. And that's going to do, buddy, for 228. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sticking with us through episode 228. It's been awesome having you along for the ride, as always. And thank you so much to those who sent in your reviews for the Macro Terror. Next week, as Adam said, Torchwood, they keep killing Susie. Get that watched, because we'll be asking for your thoughts and opinions on that one, uh, which you can do so via looking out for the social media post on a Monday, uh, or send us an audio clip up to a minute long, and we'll play those all out on the show. In the meantime, head over to the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of our previous shows on there, Plus, there's buttons to link off to the various popular podcast networks. Uh, so you can give us a subscribe on those so you don't miss a show when it lands every Friday morning. Uh, our biggest network is uh, iTunes. If you're an iTunes listener, if you could spare a minute for a review, that would be amazing because that helps us out lots. And we did have a few land over the last few weeks. So thank you very much for those. There's also buttons to link off to the various social networks, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Give us a follow on there as we chat Doctor Who throughout the week. And also check out my co-host's channel over on YouTube, The Geek's Handbag. Yes, The Geek's Handbag. Loads of cool videos recently and more to come throughout April. Got a cracking unboxing one coming. Ah, yes. Well, it will be tonight if you listen to this the day the podcast comes out. It's, uh, it's got a lovely little surprise in it for me. Ah, super. <laughs> yeah, it's very chuffed. Yeah. Yeah. Go and check out Adam's channel on YouTube. Loads of good videos, The Geek's Handbag. And you also on all the socials under the same name. 
I am indeed. Until next week for 229, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, hey. hey.